0: In our tracks, bravely
1: we prove in our striving,
0: trudging together each day. Where there's a will, there's a way. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Raw Recovery with Dion Miller, a trudging together event. Um, as you know, everybody is inside nowadays with the COVID going on. But I didn't want—I didn't want the podcasting to stop because hearing people's stories, especially right now, I think, is very important. Um, so the audio may be a little bit different for you guys. Um, you might hear different things. I'm having to utilize Zoom, um, and thankfully I have a lot of friends in this field that are willing to come on and talk with us and today one of my newer friends and a uh fellow worker uh, is with us hi Raquel how are you today
1: I'm great Dion how are you today
0: I'm, I'm doing I think I'm probably doing better than most people I'm used to being inside so um and uh you know kind of taking you know doing things my way so i kind of you know, of course, with God's direction. But <laughs> thank you very much right. for coming on. And uh, what are some of the things that you're doing right now um, that uh, are helping you with being home during this crisis? I know that you do a lot of stuff outside the house. So, you know, and you're a mother, and you know, so you're kind of going through several things. What are you doing?
1: You know, thanks for having me. This is my favorite place to be. Um, I'm blessed to coach all kinds of things, but recovery is yeah. my heart um, because it was the beginning of my start at 32 years old. Um, and, you know, right now, I, one thing recovery's taught me is to find some sort of rhythm to my life, mm-hmm. right? Um, when I first got sober, it was, you know, 90 meetings in 90 days to find some sort of simple plan. Um, And now I've taken that same idea and I still work some sort of a plan, even with my Mm -hmm. kids at home, because I do have five children home and I have to balance that in a job. Mm -hmm. That same rhythm at the foundation of my recovery um, benefits me today by creating a foundation and a rhythm for my own family and the way we work at home.
0: Absolutely. You know, and I talk about creating our foundation a lot. Um, especially in the steps one, two, and three, and creating a very solid foundation. Um, And I think those that really succeed and and go beyond practice steps one, two, and three every single day. Um, That way, when we have a harder day with something, we have something we can fall back on, something we can rely on. And that's yeah, I'm cool.
1: grateful. In my, you know, in my recovery, it's been great because, you know, there's that part in the beginning where it talks about being fearless and thorough mm-hmm. from the very start. Um, that has probably been my number one drive. And I continue to use that small little principle in my life, right? Fearless and thorough from the very start. Mm-hmm. Um and one thing I didn't like was order. I didn't like a rhythm i didn't like (laughs) people constructing or telling me what to do yeah but what what i was disobedient now obedience has become the best thing in my life
0: yeah um yeah don't bring up the word structure to me or you'll just (laughs) watch my ptsd go off bringing up that (laughs) right right,
1: right, 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 right.
0: yeah we we have to do that and we in order you know especially in your situation you and you're dealing with your kids also thankfully all mine are gone. My wife doesn't agree with that, but thankfully all mine are gone. Um, and we need to be consistent for them too. Um, and the people around us and be examples around that. So, um, well let's get started with your story. Um, you know, wherever you want to start, whatever you feel like sharing, um, you know, and I'm sure I'll pop wow. up questions here and there. I'm curious to hear it. I haven't heard it yet, so I'm looking forward to this.
1: Well, I, yeah, my story. Um, experience, strength, and hope. So, um, grew up, I'm a native to Colorado. Okay. Um, grew up here all my life. And grew up in the southeast Aurora area. Okay. And uh, um, I didn't, I, mom and dad married, still are. Um, my dad drank, a little heavier than most, and started noticing about in sixth grade, um, noticing that. And then, um, you know, I, unfortunately, I think I was okay until about time I was 16 years old. And at 16 years old, my friends were murdered in the Chuck E. Cheese murders. Oh. So I lost. I remember
0: that too. I was working at the Skippers next door. Were you? I was
1: 1983. I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And I heard about the gunshots happening on the TV. And I remember being driving 90 miles an hour down down Isle Avenue to get to my friends who were working there that night. Mm -hmm. And I came, got there and realized that Colleen O'Connor and Ben Grant had murdered and after that life just looked very different there was life before the murders and there was life after the murders yeah and life after the murders i dealt with by staying busy in my mind um i definitely became started partying more yeah um and i was i lived two different lives i was senior class president and Uh varsity soccer player Uh uh-huh but i didn't how to deal with grief. I didn't know right. how to deal with um, loss at all. It, it sure. was so foreign to me. So at 16 years old, I started drinking and using and it was probably alcohol that got me first. Um, yeah. I didn't really probably spoken pot and the rest of that till afterward. Sure. But drinking was my one. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, had a good example. My dad was a good drinker <laughs> and I was off to the races. And at 16 years old, I didn't know what else to do. At 16, I, my friends were murdered. I lost my soccer career from mm-hmm. a knee injury. And then I was sexually assaulted at 16.
0: Wow.
1: All of that within a year. And yeah. I saw everyone in my life, they used. Like, mm-hmm. when they're stressed out, you pick up.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's how we deal with Naturally, our problems. Yeah, that's. Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, I don't – and the, the interesting thing to me is I watch nor, somewhat normal people do the same thing, right? You're mm-hmm. stressed out. You pick up a drink and – Sure. But I got that allergy part. And so, you know, um, I was off to the races. I ended up barely making it out of high school. And then at 19 years old, I got married.
0: Okay. Ugh. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm still married to the same guy.
0: Good for you. Good. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank a lot you. Of marriages That's a mar-
0: yeah, A lot of marriages don't make it through the alcoholic sobering up.
1: Oh, no. And I got a story for you because, um, yeah, we stayed married through the whole time. So, at you know, got married at 19 years. Old. I thought life was pretty good. I think I was normally kind of drinking, I guess, from what I knew. It's going out on Saturdays and I had a decent job, mm-hmm. um, got married. And then I turned 21. Uh, Woo.
0: <laughs>
1: life changed. I yeah. could I could freely go into bars and things that I'd never been able to do before. Uh-huh and then i was off to the races and it wasn't a hard progression i mean it wasn't it was slow progression careers and i had my job and i kept my husband and um had my first son at 25 was able to stay sober during pregnancies sure but every time i'd like stop being pregnant and then i'd um start again it would just get a little worse okay and then um you know, I continued drinking pretty heavily. My husband and I had a business in Aurora. Cocaine came into the picture. And we lost everything we had in Aurora. Lost everything. Lost my home. Lost my um, marriage at that point. Was was filed for divorced. Sure. Um, had three kids at the time that I um, was going to take from my husband and everything. And had tried sobriety. I did. I really tried kind of, well, I don't know if I really tried. Right, I kinda. think the honest truth is that I, yeah, I'm like, I always say that and then I have to backtrack. Cause I'm thinking, did I try? <laughs> mm, I think I showed up for meetings for Here. Aurora. Okay. I, p- you know, I picked a sponsor that was pretty easy um, mm-hmm. because I know I'm a great con man.
0: Mm-hmm. So <laughs>
1: I picked the best one I could con in the room. Yep. Which inevitably ended me up drunk again. Sure
0: did. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) And I tried that. I had this time. I have three kids. I'm married. And then I fled right. The normal, like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to run from my disease. Mm -hmm. So I ran. Yeah. And I ran from Aurora down to where I live now in Palmer Lake in Larkspur, Colorado. Okay. Because I thought if I got away from Aurora, then i would stop yeah but the pro- yeah but the problem is i took me with me
0: yeah and they sell cocaine right. in larkspur too
1: yeah and and there's a liquor store in Mon <laughs> yeah. in monument and o- o'malley's is down the street yeah. and it you know like and especially if you're a biker right we all know o'malley's pub oh, yeah. on 105 so like that was the that's what i did i lived two blocks behind that sucker mm-hmm. so i I really thought I was going to be able to stay sober. I lasted in Palmer Lake about six days sober (laughs) and I relapsed and um, was off to the races for another year and a half. Yeah. Um, You know, I did have three kids. I was, I, and you know, I want to peel talk to mamas out there because on the surface I didn't look like an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I had a career. I had three kids who were dressed well and went to school every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I had realized that I had a pattern of always running from my problems, but on the surface, people wouldn't know that bad. They wouldn't know.
0: They would probably have to get to know you, um, in order to actually figure that out. And so you were a pretty, you were uh, a pretty high maintenance drinker and drugger then.
1: Right. And I could split it. Right. It was almost like two lives. Like when yeah. I went to work, I put on one persona. And then when I went home, I partied like a freaking rock star. Yeah. Um, and then for some reason I was able to balance that until you can't.
0: Yeah. Until you can't.
1: Until you can't. And um, I see it a lot even right now. And I, I was 32 years old. I had three kids And I met this wonderful young lady in Palmer Lake, her name was Shauna Miller. Mm -hmm. Um, She had two kids, the exact same age as my two older kids, I mean, my two younger kids, same gender, and it was beautiful, right, it was perfect. She was an addict who was in recovery at the time, she was not using uh, meth. Um, And we met, and we got along really good, Mm -hmm. but we both liked to drink, and she did drink, she was sober off of meth. Okay. But she started drinking, and on October eighteenth of two thousand and nine, I had had back and brain surgeries during this time that left me not only was an addict in alcohol, but I was addicted to opiates. Okay, I was cutting them and snorting them, um, large amounts of opiates, and backing that with Jack Daniels because I'm freaking idiot.
0: Wow, Um, you're lucky. Right, I
1: mean the Dion. Amen. Because literally I, I should be dead. You should be. One night um, she came over and she said, I, I begged her. I remember this night very well. And I begged, I said, please come over. And we'd been drinking and having a good time. She was at her house and I was at mom on the phone and I begged her to come over. And she arrives at my house. And then I asked her, I had um, some meds out and I offered her a line and she took one. I took one and went about our for about an hour and the next thing I know over I look over and she has stopped breathing mm-hmm. um she started to nod off I remember and I said you know it's time for you to go to bed girl she said no 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 I'm gonna keep going I'm gonna keep going and then she went back and I vividly remember knowing in that moment that she wasn't present yep. and she stopped breathing mm-hmm. and um I called 911, and the people in the house told me not to because I could be in trouble. And I honestly think that there was a power greater than me in that moment that didn't care.
0: Absolutely. And I
1: called 911, and I attempted a mouth to mouth resuscitation, and um, she didn't make it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, after that, I they put me in a psych facility naturally, right? Because I'm losing my mind yeah. <laughs> that they told me they tried to, yeah. yeah, they said she can't, she doesn't make it. And I, I don't remember all the words that I said, um, yeah. but enough that they thought that I should be put away for a while. So mm-hmm. they wrapped me up, stuck me in an ambulance and shipped me off to a um, psych fac- for five days. And um, I swore Dion, you know, I meant it too when I said mm-hmm. I was never, gonna drink again
0: yep and i swore it
1: that day i'd have put my hand on a bible for you i mean i swore until friday Mm -hmm. when i went to her funeral and they let me out and i didn't know what to do in that moment after we said goodbye to her other than pick up a drink because i had no other tools in my box
0: none and that wasn't and that wasn't your fault and we know this no. now. We know this now that our drinking like this is not our fault. It is beyond our control, and that's what's so sneaky about. Uh, that's what's so sneaky about John Barleycorn. You know, yeah. it, it sometimes it seems like it's the only relief, and it's when, it, when it's the only tool you have, it becomes a nightmare.
1: It does, you know. And like I said, tell everybody it works till it doesn't right again that's my favorite it works till it doesn't yeah and I that was I got out five days after she died I went to her funeral I drank and then I don't remember Thanksgiving that year Mm -hmm. I vaguely remember some community people who were kind enough to give toys to my children and make sure we had Christmas but I do not remember Christmas that year because I stayed so intoxicated Mm -hmm. in order to deal with the fact that she was gone because I didn't know what else to do um her she left behind her two children her mother was devastated her sister um it was really hard and i i couldn't look at them again and so staying numb was easier than the reality of what had happened
0: dying was easy um
1: oh my gosh dion i wanted to
0: yeah i wanted i was
1: just too chicken shit
0: yeah in my opinion yeah.
1: I was too much of a chicken shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Even though we were committing suicide on the installment plan anyway. You know? Amen. <laughs> right. Right. We were we were so doing true. it. We were just doing it the wussy way. Yeah. You know?
1: Yep. I agree. So, and and taking everybody out. Because it's not only that I'm gonna take me out, but I'm gonna destroy everything yeah. around me in yeah. its path.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's they talk about in the big book that we go to sordid places. And then there are some of us that are the sordid places, like me. <laughs> I was the person yeah. where if I wanted to drink and I wanted company, I'm going to talk you into it. You know, yeah. Yeah, so. me too. So what happened? It's like I tell you?
1: people I was a hustler, and then I used I used to hustle bad, right? I used to yeah. be the best salesman. We are amazing, brilliant human beings, alcoholics. We yeah. just use this beautiful power to destroy ourselves and other people. Exactly. Um, which is amazing. But you know, after she died, um, I got. I don't remember Thanksgiving, I don't remember Christmas, and then January, um, January 19th of 2010, I had had a bad night with a friend, well actually a fun night, too big a fun night. Um, she had come mm-hmm. to my house, we were drinking heavily, and I remember driving all the way from Palmer Lake to Aurora, it's about 60 wow. miles yeah. from where I'm at, to go take her home. And I drove to her house, my mother had just had a double mastectomy, and I remember going to my, friend, my friend's house, and I remember going there and saying, I'm just going to have one or two shots so I could feel better because I started to shake yeah. from the night before. And so I said, I just want one or two. Yeah. And I opened up the freezer door. I remember opening it up and I remember the, the frost on the outside of that thing. And I remember just swear to God again, one more time, no. I'm only going to do one until one turned into four, turned into, I don't know how I'm going to drive my freaking kids home now. Yep. I'm wasted, I'm sixty miles from home, and I had my three kids in, in a minivan, and it crossed my mind to drive them home. And my, my girlfriend says, "If you do not go home, Raquel, your husband will leave you." And it crossed Amazing. my mind to get in that car and drive yeah. them home, intoxicated. But God came in. Good. And I had a literally a flick clarity. yeah. and I said. She actually, at this moment, she had handed me. She had handed me some some pills and said, "If you take these, it'll sober you up." So now I'm high on pills and on vodka. This is the best thing addicts can do, right? Let's oh, just yeah. try to numb more. You know, come up with some freaking chemical concoction to get us back to normal. Mm-hmm. What? I mean, that's <laughs> just insanity. It is. That is insanity. Now that I'm saying that out loud, who yeah. the hell thinks that's a great idea? <laughs> that's, again, right? That's what we got. Yeah. And so I had a moment of clarity. And I said, that's it. I looked at my girlfriend and I said, thanks for the pills. You probably gave me enough to get sober to drive them to my mom's house. My mom lived four miles away. Yeah. So I actually, unfortunately intoxicated, drove my children four miles away instead of 60. Mm-hmm. My mom who had had a double mastectomy and is still drains all over her. I showed up at her door and I said, I'm done. I want rehab. And I threw my kid and myself at the doorstep of my parents. And the next day I went to Parker Valley hope. Mm
0: -hmm. And by the
1: grace of God, I have 10 years sober today.
0: That is so awesome. Yeah. 10 years on January 17th, right?
1: January 19th. 19th. I
0: got, I should know that that's my wife's birthday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's my greatest accomplishment.
0: That, you know, that's phenomenal. And that, you know, I, I, I really like the fact that um because all alcohol but when we come into recovery there's the step before the steps and the psychic change and you literally had a spiritual experience that brought you to the rooms. And oh, actual, oh yeah. And a lot of people don't get that. They might have like an epiphany or something else might happen, but God, God reached down and, and blessed you on that. Yeah, there
1: was this moment, because I was literally in a drunk fog. And so it's like, I don't—I know now it was God. I didn't know then. I just sure. remember a window of clarity that made yeah. me switch from, you know, I could keep going down this path. And then it's been a blessing ever since. I, I can't imagine my life without it, you know. And at the time, I had three kids. Now I have four. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, I've gotten to foster three more kids. So I've had wow. seven and that's all based on 12 steps you know mm-hmm. i'm i am a mom who also whose husband who was also an addict my husband stayed actively using for mm-hmm. eight years into my sobriety so for 10 years for eight years i was sober my husband actively drank wow. and um thank god for aa and Al-Anon. like oh, i don't man. know what i would have done mm-hmm. um because um you know that was the sanding but i was able to raise three children Mm who function well, even Mm -hmm. though I was sober and dad was wasted. Mm -hmm. They actually do not think it was overly it. I mean, it may show up later in their lives, but they don't think it was very um, it didn't take so much out of them, but Mm -hmm. that's because I've taught them 12 steps. I I didn't even know how to be a mom. Mm -hmm. I like I 12, my kids are 12 step raised. That's what I tell
0: people. (laughs) You know, my mom made me go to AA when I was 15 and she was newly sober. Mm-hmm. And out of all the kids, I was the only one that had to go, you know, but for good reason. You know, um <laughs> Yeah. I mean I mean the it, it the, the signs were already there. And I am so grateful that she did that at the time I wasn't. I was pretty ticked off. Um sure. but I was grateful that she did that because when I was ready, I knew what to do. I knew where to go. Um, I know who I knew who to talk to. Um, it also made me stay away from a lot of bigger, you know, a lot of really, you know, hard drugs like cocaine and stuff right. like that. Um, not saying I never dabbled, but uh, I could see <laughs> the signs that, you know, when your friends show up on Wednesday night saying, hey, it's party time. No, it's over with, guys. And I actually kicked them kicked out of my house, never saw him again. Um,
1: well, in 12 steps, like, you know, I do, I, it was 12 steps. I got sober and did that. I mean, I was, and I got pregnant with my fourth kid right out of rehab. Wow. And I remember, I remember, um, people being in shock that I was going to 12 step meetings pregnant because they're like, well, surely you're not drinking now. <laughs> and I said, well, if you don't, I'll pick up when this baby comes out, you crazy? Yeah, Cause yeah. I will probably Or if I won't justify the glass of wine while I am pregnant, I mean, you know, I know it happens to normal people. So I just, I, um, I did, I fearless and thorough part. And then, you know, you and I were talking before about that anonymity portion and I value, I do know that people have to have it, but for me, I just needed to let go of it. I needed Mm -hmm. to just be an open out in the open, no anonymity um, addict, alcoholic, because, and then what I did with that was went and got myself a college degree as an addiction counselor because it was like a profession. I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, being an alcoholic is, an, is, like, an, is like a – it's a hiring point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> in recovery. And, well, it, it is, and it's, and it's very important because we can help when other people can't. Um Right we we have knowledge and you know so when when people are like why am i an alcoholic because god gave you a gift that's why he gave you the yes. gift to save other people and if you don't want it then you know then that sucks cuz um, and i agree the anonymity is important for for a lot of people for and for good yes. reason yes and we know that but there has to be voices there has to be people you know we have to have discussions. We have to have discussion about harder things, you know. Um, you know, I I get on with another lady named Sarah, and we come on. And we we talk about mental health and you know just the harder things in AA that we don't necessarily deal with. Um,
1: well, and-, and for me, I I remember AA. I did I did some step stuff. I was kind of what kind of got me even to the coaching side of things was just that. You know, we can get into the self-deprecating. I am very well aware of my character defects. That was a sure. hard. That was not hard for me to get. Yeah. I think it was trying to find out that I was worthy was the hard part. Like I uh, get that I yeah. had the malady. I know I'd screwed up. I I knew all of that. I didn't know now. It was kind of like now what?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, now that's what? okay. I mean, we you know. And it kind of it kind of depends on where you come from, things you go through too. Also, I'm gonna say my my sponsor was very thorough about my first step. He made, fourth step. He made sure of that. Um, but and I knew that it was gonna come down to that. It that it was my problem. But I was the I was the opposite. Also, it was harder for me to learn how to love myself than for me to forgive other people. Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> And thank God for my wife, because she loved me until I could do it myself. You know, and the rooms of AA. And I'm still learning.
1: That's the beauty of it, though. It's this long, you know, it's the progress, not perfection part. I swear that's my other one. I need to, I'm full of tattoos all over. I got to get progress, you know, progress, not perfection. That's definitely the one that hooks me. And the beauty of it is it's a spiritual maintenance program. And mm-hmm. you know, I get to run through this and fine tune myself, like getting mm-hmm. a, getting an oil change. And I do like right now with my sponsor, we decided to pick up in January and do a step a month. I'm 10 yeah. years. I still step, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to like, it's month four today. Guess what I'm doing? I'm doing step four this month Yeah. to clean up any cobwebs that have shown yeah. up over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a one and done thing. Yeah. And I, even amongst this COVID, I love our recovery community. Watching what happens when we oh. know our people are in trouble and may not get what they need. Watching recovery meetings show up online. Who cares mm. if two people's in them, one, you know, it's been beautiful to watch. It's been it beautiful is. to
0: watch. And, you know, our recovery community is really coming together during this part. And <sighs> AA and everything, it's still all going to be there when we come back. Mm-hmm. Um. I've been telling people that actually it isn't any different at all. The only difference is now we're talking online. Other than that, you know, AA, AA meetings are about fellowship. That's not the work. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I
1: just had a – I was talking to someone this morning about she a disconnection. From my client it was like, oh, my gosh, why, you know, why isn't this sticking? And I thought, the magic is in pen to paper. I mean, we yeah. can sit here and listen
0: forever. Yeah. Yep
1: but maybe something happens when we do the actual work in yeah. the paper yep that's the, that's the magic right there and it has been my <laughs> it's been the magic in my life for 10 years no matter what i'm doing writing yeah. getting out of progress and perfection in writing yeah. is such a freedom i
0: i started uh and this was this was a skill that was given to me when i was about 15 years old when i was in mount airy psychiatric center this is back when they called them yeah anyway <laughs> but uh you know what she told me to do was just to start writing it doesn't matter what I'm thinking or what's coming on the paper at all and when I was done with it take it throw it in the chat tr- whatever I want to do with it you know so number one I have the act of physically writing something down and getting my emotions off my chest you know that mm-hmm. fucking pricky blah, 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 you know do my whining And then I can take it and let it go by throwing it away. And I haven't heard anybody's.
1: Well, and I tell clients the same thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I tell the same thing. I say, I tell clients, bring your five-year-old self to that paper. No one's asking for you to be mature. Just Mm -hmm. write. I don't even care what it sounds like. Nobody has to look at it. You're yeah. right. We, we can burn it. If it's something that has to be delivered to somebody, maybe you need somebody to help you filter that out first. Yeah. Right. You don't want to yeah, hand probably. off your 15 year old self, mm-hmm. but it's okay to bring your five-year-old self to the paper and yeah. just let go.
0: I had to for my ninth step. I had to write a letter to my, uh, my biological father and I had never met the man, never talked to him. The only thing I knew is that he was remarried lived in Idaho. So I sat down with my sponsor to write the letter and we had to do it two, three times. Um, Right. Because it was not my job to interfere with his life no matter what the fuck he had done. It didn't matter. I don't get to come in and stir the crap up. So, you know, it's good. And I bring, I kind of bring that up because I heard somebody say earlier, well, I do my ninth step if they have a problem with it, then it's their problem. I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) so please don't do your night step that way but you know yeah 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 we i the way you know as we get into recovery we do these steps every day god god gives me some kind of opportunity to work them and every day and and ever since this started i've been getting busier and busier and busier because you know i run a business (laughs) an online business doing this so right Uh,
1: that's like me, I tell everybody, I'm like, well, and you know, the hard part too is, Dion is that people are, the, the hardest part is, I feel like, you know, I, I watched everybody flock to the liquor stores, right? So I watched everybody go to liquor stores when they were scared in Denver, they were going to close. <laughs> and you know, some people have a problem. Some people are just normal people freaking out yeah. about the liquor stores closing. But from my view, I thought, well, there's either a lot of people who are about to find out if they have a problem, mm-hmm. if they don't know, because they're going to have a lot of time on their hands. Yep. Um and we are seeing relapses increase. You know, my sponsors yeah. got three other she had three other people, a couple other uh, uh, sponsors that didn't that aren't, you know, that relapse. So that's yeah. gonna be that's happening right now because it's not just about it's people are losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um people aren't, you know, are ill. So I think it is it it's we are needed. It is a definitely a need and I have seen my business increase. I agree. Yeah,
0: yeah you know, and you know, be easy to turn around, and say, "Hey, well, that means that they didn't really want it," or da da. But we just talked about the spiritual tools, and if these people don't have the tools that they need. Then they're never gonna. Then they, then even if they do make it, they're gonna be white knuckling it, and that is almost that could be just as bad, emotionally. Oh yeah,
1: I was afraid. Oh, definitely. I was afraid, honestly. Like when my husband got sober, I was afraid. That that's what I was gonna have. Because Mm -hmm. my and and you know, recovery looks different for everybody. I'm a 12-stepper, do or die, like I step till I die. But my husband is not that story. He is one, you know, they talk in the big book about the man who gets like the miracle and like God comes down, the shining thing, and like whoop. He's like, Yeah, my husband got that. Crazy to see. But what I tell people is I'd have died first before that ever happened to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And two. You know, like I'd have died first. I wanted that thing so bad, but that's not how (laughs) it happened. But everybody does recovery their own. You've got to figure it out, and you've got to figure out the spiritual tools that work best for you. Mm -hmm. Fellowship, however that looks like. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, you've got to figure out. And we talked about at the beginning. You said I don't like that word structure, and I don't think I like it too much either. But that's why I like that word rhythm. You know, I think people's rhythms are off. Yes. You know, if you had a rhythm and that rhythm comes off is why people are struggling with the relapse. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what people do because I know what I do when I'm struggling. I mm-hmm. know the same things. I, I stick to a certain amount of tool, tools and I don't vary from them. Exactly. I just literally don't. And I go back to what I know every mm-hmm. time.
0: Yeah, where before what we used to know was picking up the bottle or the drug. But now our, you know, now my first reaction, if I have thought of drinking, Usually it doesn't even really last. I just continue on with my day because I'm probably doing something. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to, I wanted to uh, bring up that, yeah, God doesn't give me any burning bushes because I would grab a bucket of water and just put it out. You know. So he doesn't give those to me.
1: no and we have to work we're the light workers so we're the ones who are out here and so if we don't work all the way through all the steps how do we help be guides to other people who need to walk the journey if we just get to (laughs) skip you know skip to zero skip to home yeah
0: yeah well then and you're not going to be you're not going to do them much good and and that's going to be figured out sooner or later because you know Mm -hmm. your success rate's going to tank but right I am an absolute believer in you cannot give something to somebody you don't have. And I think that goes for anything. If I want to love my, if I want to love my wife the way that I want to, I have to learn how to love myself first. If I want to do certain things for certain people, I have to get there first before I can, before I can do it.
1: Well, we all know people. I mean, Everyday people we know people who and you sit and you think, gosh, they talk a lot. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and they talk a lot, but you know this the difference is because their their actions don't match their mouth. Yeah. That's the problem, right? And that's in every human pattern. We don't mm-hmm. like that the human says something but their, their actions don't line up. Yeah. And anymore in my recovery, I don't like to speak without my actions following my mouth. Like we, they need to sink or, yeah. or I need to not do it yeah. or say it.
0: Yep. Yeah, we need to walk our walk. Um, and that, and that's important. I mean, for, for, for what we do and, uh, the people that we work with, our integrity is extremely important, you know, and because yeah. we're helping somebody, then we have to have that integrity. Well, the only way to build it integrity is action. It's the only way to do it. And way. I
1: tell people, what can I do? I'm going to sell people and tell them how great I great. Yeah doing or that never worked in the past. We used to, I used to tell people, I'm like, you're, are you selling me a used car? Yeah. Because are you trying to convince me of this or you of this? Because exactly. I'm not buying it, mm-hmm. but you are really trying to sell it. And I relate to it. I don't see that to call people out. I say, because I used to be someone who would try to tell people who I was yeah. instead of showing up that way. Yeah, and there's a difference.
0: There is a big difference, and I think when you talk to people about that, that you need to come up with the answer too. You don't just say, "Oh, you're filling me full of, you're you're full of bull crap," and that's it. No, hey, you know, I went through this too. Don't think I wasn't a compulsive liar, and we just talked about this in the meeting. Yeah, I mean, the first honest thing I ever said was, "I need help," but it was six months before another honest word came out of my mouth. You know. Was long- oh,
1: I used to lie about things I didn't even, it, lying was so natural. I lied about things, even when I got sober, it took me like a year yeah. of consciously, yeah. consciously going, why did, and I would lie about shit, I didn't even have to like, yeah. I don't know, over explain something that nobody gave a shit about. Yeah. Or I would talk <laughs> about like a big long story for why I was five minutes late. Or uh. um, I just, I always lied and then I made a year of like, being as honest as I possibly could but it came with a lot of effort
0: it did well well lying is a habit just like anything else you know and I did the same thing in fact um you know I used to tell people that I was related to Donnie and Marie Osmond and I'm not (laughs) yeah yeah it's so true It's funny and people are like, well,
1: Well, and I tell people it's like the fish story, right? Like, oh, I caught a fish and you literally caught a minnow and you're like, it's a fucking whale, man. I was off the deep seas of it, you know? No, you weren't, dude. You were in a pond and it was a freaking minnow. But we don't, we can't, we're so afraid that nobody will like us if we just caught the minnow. Mm -hmm. We need to have caught a whale every time, all the time.
0: It's, I think it comes down to the, the old, uh, look what I can do, mom mom, look what I could do. And they jump up in the air, you know, we're the same way. And usually, and I was this person, this is how I know this, but I used to tell people all the time, I don't care what anybody fucking thinks of me. And that is just not true. That's not true. I care what my mom thinks of me. I care what my wife, my, my friends, my kids, I care what my kids think of me. So- well,
1: and I think of caring, like, I don't care. I tell people, because I work with teenagers in recovery, yeah. which is different than a lot of recovery coaches. I can work with, I work with young people, 14 to 24 in recovery. Sure. And they are very self-imaged. And I tell people, you know, I don't really care if you like my tattoos, because I've worked in the nonprofit world where people are, can be very judgy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I, but I don't care if you like my tattoos. But what I do care that you see is that I'm honest. Mm-hmm. It's my values. I don't care if you like the way I parent, if you like my tattoos, if you, yeah. you know, if, I, if I dropped and uh, said fuck and I wasn't supposed to, those kind of things. But I do care if you see someone who is kind, who is honest, who has integrity. Yeah. And those things you can't argue, right? Like exactly. that's, just, that's your spine. That's what you're mm-hmm. rooted in. So, and, and the other thing is whose opinion? I mean, I, don't, I got a nasty gram on social media the other day a week ago that I mean Dion it's pretty it's pretty bad. This person mm-hmm. came at me pretty heavy. Wow. But I've only met that person one in one time ever in my life. Mm-hmm. And so her of me means nothing. I could yeah. it, you know it's it's I think of it like a stage, right? If I'm on a stage of life, me and God sit up on this stage. Mm-hmm. And only certain people get VIP or front row or second row seats. Oh, the rest really of them funny. sit way off in the bleachers. And this mm-hmm. woman probably as a rock pile seat (laughs) and she's trying to throw something at me from way far away Uh It can't hit me from that far i'm on the stage she can't get me yeah and it makes it very easy your mom probably sits in your first second or third row right right. so that's why her opinion matters
0: yeah that's that you know that's a great way to put it um you know where where i mean what people, I think integrity is probably what comes with it, but anything that has to do with pride or ego, no. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like this show. I don't promote it. It's going to be, people are going to, people are going to listen to this because of attraction, not promotion. And I don't promote it. I don't spend money on it. I don't, you know, I do it for you the- You just love. had,
1: you just gave me an aha, actually. Can I tell you about it really quick? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. So I have struggled in my business with the advertising part. And I think you just nailed it on the head as to why it's because I really don't want to go sell me. I feel like it seems so awkward. It is. And especially in the coaching world, because a lot of coaches are about like, look, I'm this, I can't fucking do it. Yeah. Uh -uh. (laughs) I really struggle with that. Dion, you just gave me a lot of grace because I don't know how to do it either. I feel like all my clients come to me because someone's told them or refer me or yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't go out and and promote. I'm, I'm not fucking Russell brand here, you know, (laughs) actually (laughs) talks out of his freaking head. Um, (laughs) but I do think, (laughs) I think, you know, there's some things to that, but that's not the route that I want to go. And I've always struggled with that. Um, so I just don't. I figure, you know, I'm just not going to do it. And you know what? God's taking care of it just fine. You know, I haven't had right. to do anything. I feel like when I try and force things like that, that that's when it starts to get out of control. You know, and then.
1: Amen. I, I swear, anytime you know, I force anything.
0: Yeah, and I'll just screw it up, and and it will be harder for that person and for me. Now we're all leaving with a, you know a bad feeling in our gut. And I can't do that. You know, God gets upset with me when I do that to people.
1: Yeah. I, anything, even, you know, I tell people I've been sober for a long time, but I can do a lot of things like an addict, right? Mm -hmm. I can, before I bought my home that I have now, I tried to buy a home like an addict. I, there was this house and I wanted it really bad. And the list, the real estate agent says, Raquel, that house is a bad deal. And I wanted to be like, I did tell her, so I was like, oh, you don't even know who I am. I am the one that is gonna make this happen. This didn't happen, she was right. Every time I try to force an issue, and the second I let go and said, okay, fine, I will not try to control this, boom. Mm-hmm. This house that I live in right now showed up on, a fa- on Facebook. Yeah. the moment I literally within 30 seconds of me getting on Facebook and saying, I think I'm done buying this house. I'm letting it go. God, a friend of mine got on and said, Oh, you're not going to buy that house. How about mine? I have this house within 30 seconds, Dion. Mm -hmm. So every time I try to control something, it backfires.
0: It does. You know, and we can plan the plan, but we can't plan the results and I don't even want to. I mean, because the results are much better than I even anticipate anyway,
1: I was just going to say, I promise viewer listeners, I promise i my life is a thousand times better than anything I could have ever planned ever i couldn 't dreamed the life I have right now. In a million years, letting go and letting God allows me a life beyond my dreams. It, it, exactly. They become his dreams and not mine, mm-hmm. which is much better than, than anything I would have tried to do for myself. And if I look back, all the things I really, you know, came at with some sort of fervor and effort fizzled.
0: Yeah, I usually, you know, you know we have grandiose ideas, especially when we first come into the program you know, well, what about this? We could make this huge and that huge, you know, and say, calm down. AA's been doing this since 1932. We're good, you know, and they, <laughs> until they settle in and realize, you know, or figure out what serenity is. Um, you know, and I think what we're talking about right now is uh, we invariably find that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves or coming across problems that we can intuitively handle. All right. That's great right. stuff
1: right yeah I, I can con- I can handle situations which used to baffle me,
0: yeah <laughs> or I could handle situations which I used to baffle, which I was probably real good at, <laughs> 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 all right, well, thank you for coming on. Is there any words of wisdom that you'd like to part with us?
1: You know, I don't really have much words of wisdom. My thing is find your rhythm. I think that's kind of been the essence of me um, since, especially since the that's COVID hard. thing is finding some sort of rhythm for yourself. It's worked in my home. I, um, and then keep recovery first. And the other thing is reach out. I mean, there yeah. are so many, there's so much opportunity right now to mm-hmm. get assistance and help. Um, the world is, I think the heart of humanity is open right now. Yeah. And so it's an okay taking it's okay for you humans to take from mm-hmm. open hearts and right yep. now those of us who do doing work in the community are open and not just in recovery i see therapists i yeah. see yoga people there's free yoga stuff i mean anything you want to fill your cup right now you have an advantage to take it because the world is open to their hearts right now mm-hmm. seminars you name it. Right now is a is a time to be okay with receiving what's been offered to you.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you again for coming on today. I, and I loved it, this Dion. This was, yeah, this was enjoyable. I really, I really enjoyed this. We'll have to sit down with some topics uh, and stuff at some point and and cover some things. Uh, that'd be yeah, a let's, do that. Some, let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, thank you everybody for coming on and listening. This has been uh, raw recovery uh, with Dion Miller trudging together uh, and stay tuned for some more great stories like Raquel's uh, in the meantime, I love you all peace out and have a day.